0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: God bless Saint Bridget is all I can say. What a lovely, lovely weekend. Thank God for the new bank holiday. I enjoyed it so much. It was just gorgeous. The weather was lovely too, I have to say. But I was talking over the weekend, you know, normally without this new one, we'd be going from New Year's Day to the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day. So I think it's so timely to have this new bank holiday that's going to happen every year now. Or in the garden for the weekend, myself and me apprentice, and we got loads of work done. It was just lovely, 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 lovely. Should be a bank holiday every month. I think we're only short two or three at the moment aren't we Who knows in the future? Anyway, God bless Bridget. We're just thrilled with the new bank holiday. Welcome to the show. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Lots of chat over the next couple of hours. Music or two on Tuesday and more besides. But I've got to tell you folks this week, it's Love Bug Week on Late Lunch. Yes, we've got the Love Bug. What do I mean? Well, we've teamed up with our good friends at the Glenside Hotel all this week on Late Lunch to give away some fantastic prizes leading up to Valentine's Day this day week why not book a romantic Valentine's dinner for two with live music or make a night of it and stay in a newly decorated bedroom with breakfast the next day at the Glenside Hotel more information check them out glensidehotel.com they'd be delighted to chat to you I promise guess what we have for, for you today yes we have an overnight stay for two people in one of those newly decorated rooms at the Glenside with a full Irish breakfast the following morning all you have to do is tell me what bugs you about your partner, husband, wife or partner. What bugs you about them? Let me know and you could be winning that prize today on Late Lunch and we have a lovely prize each day up to Friday. Fred Cook's on the line and he's going to tell me what he does that bugs his poor wife, Julie. Hello, Fred. Jerry, how are you? I'm good.
2: Saint Bridget's bank holiday. Well,
1: great, great wasn't it? And I, I know you got into just before we get into the, the the bugging part. You got into Saint Bridget, didn't you? I did. You know what? To be with you, Jerry, I've always
2: been into Saint Bridget before she was cool. <laughs> Honestly, but it's like it's like it's like getting into Oasis in the eighties. That's how ahead of it I was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And how did you get into it? What fascinated you about the I saint? Don't know what it was. just so many
2: dimensions. She's pagan. She's Christian. She's a sheep farmer. She's a bishop, and a bishop from Loud, from Loud. Like who's next? <laughs> Steve Stanton must be very excited. <laughs>
1: The gaffer himself, huh? <laughs> anyway, that's just a little aside about Fred. I party told me that he, he was into St. Bridget and, of course, like you just mentioned there, enjoyed the bank holiday. Wasn't it great to have another another one, wasn't it? Really?
2: Oh, it really was. And it was. It, it, it's a miracle in itself, the St. Bridget gave it. And I know it's amazing to frontline staff. But let's not forget... St. Bridget also got really dry January as well. We're all back on the drink. First <laughs> of February. Happy days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> another plus another plus point to the new bank holiday. Anyway, Fred, ne- next up, Fred, is Valentine's Day. Tell me this Will you be doing anything yourself and Julie, especially for Valentine's? Or does that go out to the window when you have a ween and, and married life settles in?
2: Well, we will definitely be doing something. And we're very excited to announce that we have a competition, Julie and I, for Valentine's, Valentine's Day. One of your listeners is getting to go come to Carrie and babysit our son for a whole seven hours. How about that?
1: (laughs) I've just lost most of me listeners this afternoon, I think. Anyway, you're... you're
2: well, I think we're going to go to the hotel we got married in and have a nice meal. Ah, and lovely. L- lovely.
1: Lovely, lovely. Yeah, but yeah. look, folks, if you want, if you feel like seeing Kerry and you can help out Fred and Julie, That's I'm, cool. not, knocking nice I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. Lovely trip down to Kerry. Seven hours, little little nixer on the side. And then God knows what'll happen from there. Anyway, Fred Cook, we're asking listeners on Late Lunch this week. And folks, you got to let me know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. A little WhatsApp voice message will do fine. To be honest with you, what bugs you about the person you live with—your partner, your husband, or your wife? Does anything about the lovely Julie get under your skin, Mister Fred Cook? Well, now
2: before I say anything, I want to say I, I, I'm mad about my wife. But this conversation is a fine line between longevity in a marriage and a divorce. Okay. Here we go. Let's get going. <laughs> so, uh, I, don't know. I think. Oh, do you know, I'm not, oh, there's little things every what, what annoys me recently, and it, you know, it, it happens weekly. Is that when we've been arguing, she will bring up the past, she'll associate it with something else, and I'm like, "What's that got to do with anything?" Isn't it? She's like, she's like a member of the DUP in Northern Ireland. That's not what you said in 1975. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> we're just trying to we're trying to work what we have to the future here. No need to no need to do that. And uh, so oh, what, another thing as well, and I. I think we all find this, is that it's just, when it comes to, it might be five minutes to six, six o'clock, you sit down, you have a nice cup of tea, and then one minute past six, the, the headlines start, the news, and then that's the time when Julius decided to tell me about the casserole dishes and little. <laughs> I'm like, come on. He well, give me one minute of the headlines. I mean, what's more important? Like, uh, what's more important, the ongoing war? Or the casserole dishes (laughs) and the bike you get for free. So, you know what I mean,
1: like... So, cutting across the news headlines at that minute past six is another thing that irks you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Or, like, it's... uh, I think she's got an app as well on her phone because she knows exactly when I'm at the toilet. Fred! Fred! (laughs) That moment. The minute I sit down, she knows that's what I'm called.
1: (laughs) And you think she she has an app to track uh, your ablutions... (laughs) Because no matter
2: the toilet used to be the only place that I have for myself, and uh, and now it's like she just the second it's that Fred, Fred can I come here please. The second, so, you know, I was conv- I was kicking in China, <laughs> I was kicking, I was gigging in China two years ago, and I knew when I sat down in one of those Chinese toilets, she knew I had done that. There's something about her, you
1: <laughs> So you can't you can't visit the Kazi in comfort, Fred. No. <laughs>
2: She woke up in the middle of the night Fred's in the toilet in Beijing I sense it I sense it I should <laughs> ring him now Now's the time to ring him
1: So raking up the past cutting across you at that vital moment when you're trying to take in the news and tracking <laughs> tracking your toilet <laughs> habits and you love her to bits we have to say that you love her to bits oh, I'm really not mean, I'm absolutely wh- blessed Yeah you know these things happen but you know it, it's not a deal breaker in love What would you think you do. Now, come on, let's balance. You know, the way you have to balance on radio, you talk about yeah. getting the balance right. What do you think you do that annoys her?
2: I think I'm I'm very, I'm awful with organization. I'm, I'm chaotic. Right. I'd be like, Happy Christmas. And she's like, Fred, it's Patrick's day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I <laughs> couldn't be. I'm the kind of guy that I still don't know the days of the week. Like, frequently as a child, I'd run down the hallway with school uniform on a Saturday morning happy days no <laughs> still today you know I don't, I don't really work in a calendar I work with dots and numbers on my phone and I get that wrong so that tries her mental
1: so mental. She, she she's organised regimental and you're chaotic all over the shop yeah
2: yeah like she'll oh. say stuff like have you been she'll <laughs> say stuff like have you been listening to this conversation at all and secretly I'm saying to myself I'm actually just trying to listen to the headlines on the news but continue this story, please Please do continue it continues.
1: <laughs> So that's one thing Come on, you have to have another There has to be something else That uh, gets it's under it's our goat it's Gets it's up our goat It's slim Pickens after that, Sherry, I won't Is lie. it Is it? Oh, so that's your only Oh my God, you're a paragon of virtue So just no, no, no. You've been, oh, no, you no. being chaotic And her being organised You'd say I'm is no her way. biggest gripe I'm
2: so, I'm so, Another thing that drives her mad is Now I know it's a long way To get back to Kerry where we live but it takes me for ages to get back. I'll stop for coffee, I'll stop for Supermax. I like I I go to Belfast to get milk. Do you know what I mean? Like it yes. drives her mad. I'm I'm a bit of a spacer I I will take a detour and then I realize that I've got a family to look after when I get back. And that drives me crazy.
1: So so uh Google Maps and that shortest route is not your forte.
2: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I the app goes, Fred. Why are you on the ferry? What is going on here?
1: <laughs> I can just picture that, but that's you. You know what I mean? I'm sure you meet up with somebody, and sure we'll, we'll go for uh, we'll go for a bite in. Why not? Sure. Let's get. Oh, yeah, I've
2: right. just I've such a, it drives me mad. My attention span, so bad. Right. I remember was having Chinese, having Chinese with our in-laws, and then. Uh,
1: and then on the drive home I, I, I said will
2: we get a Chinese <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> after having one because I need
1: them too are crazy oh my oh my so your attention span is another thing as well not c- getting home as quickly as you should you see we can all pick out these things Fred can't we yeah. in one another oh, they're just they're and, and universe. this is what I want to ask you um, there's no way of really changing the person changing the thing that bugs you is there
2: well, part of it you wouldn't want to change, yes, because it's associated with with, with lovely memory and and the, the the time that you have. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes, uh, do you know sometimes when sometimes it really happens <laughs> when Julia Tether away and I've got the house for two days for myself and I'm actually sitting in the toilet reading the di- uh, Reader's Digest. I'm going, God, I wish I wish Julia was around to annoy me. Yes, I wish was around to annoy me. So uh, yeah. you know, so. It's kind of uh, you know, best in disguise.
1: Yeah, and and you know we can th- think about these things. And look, and they do drive us mad for a minute or two. But in the overall context, of things you're right. You wouldn't change a thing. She wouldn't swap you. You wouldn't swap her. That's really lovely to know. That's well, that's, when- a, that's another conversation. Though. <laughs> well, we're not going to add fuel uh, to the fire today. To to uh, to do. <laughs> Anything in that regard, to be honest with you. Uh, what about uh, yourself and what's happening? We see you with Tommy all the time. I believe there's a new show in the offing, yes?
2: There is, yeah, yeah. I'm in this new TV show called Routes in the Gaelge, where I've gone, gone up to Donegal to learn Irish. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, it's myself and Des Cahill and Amanda Bruckner, so it's good crack. And I'm back on the road again. I'm, I'm doing a tour called Right Set Freddy.
1: <laughs>
2: the hardest part the hardest part of my born is thinking of a title for the show. Well Either simply Fred, yeah. right Fred said Freddy or Fredliner. So well I to go with right said right said
1: freddie well you're, you're 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 sailing close to the wind now you're running out of, of Fredisms, i have to say but i like it right said freddie is a good play on that uh, famous pop group's name for sure <laughs> so you have plenty going on and things are moving an- along nicely after the hiatus of of covid oh
2: completely yeah
1: I, you know i feel
2: like back to the sweet spot between family life and, and work and stuff and uh I just love, I love being on the road. I'm actually gigging back in Navan in April. Great. And uh, every time I played the Central in Navan, I've always had five extra people come to the fact that, you know, if I could gig for another million years, i like be like Garth doing doing 10 nights in Croke Park. So, uh, so the thing is, so now I'm mad I'm to sell it out. Yeah. To, I think now now's the time to do it so uh, think it's her in April and the 20th of April in
1: the Central in Navin. the 20th of April the Central uh, in Navin. he's bringing it all back home well nearly home as close as possible to home in the Central let's fill it out for Fred that's what we want to do uh, this time round anyway um, Julie Julie will be hearing this sometime Julie give him a break don't be raking off the past I don't you? know
2: what's happened, but Julie's got a travelling bag and she's leaving the house right now yeah thank you guys <laughs>
1: No, she's only going to visit her mother. You're all right. You're all right. Don't be jumping to conclusions there. She'll be back this evening. She wouldn't uh, leave you by yourself. Anyway. I
2: like I'm always on the road, so there's a pack bag in my car. So <laughs> always. Time we have an argument. I can just get in. I'm gone. I'm
1: gone. So you're away for sure. Listen, you're one of the best. Thank you so much for taking our call today. Happy Valentine's uh, week ahead Happy to Happy yourself Valentine's and yourself. Day, and lovely to talk to you, Fred. Take care. See Bye-bye, bye-bye. Isn't he just... Such a funny man, Fred Cook, coming to uh, Navan, the Central on the 20th of April. What bugs you about your partner? Yes, the messages are coming in here. Keep them coming to me. I have a lovely prize from the Glenside Hotel today to give away. An overnight stay for two people in the newly refurbished rooms there and a full Irish breakfast the next morning. I want to give it away to one of you. All you have to do is tell me what bugs you about your partner, wife, husband, etc. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I'll tell you what bugs me when you come back. That'll take us to half three. Our good friend Linda Murray from The Zone joins me on the line. Hi, Linda.
3: Well, how are you? How's it going,
1: Ah, uh, Going really well. Uh, Linda, just to remind mm-hmm. our listeners, there was a protest. Just tell them what happened late last week, quickly.
3: Uh, sure. Friday evening, I'm um, sitting on my couch um, and I got a video sent to me by WhatsApp of people um, in Navan shouting out, 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 outside a and b Um, And I immediately... You know when you get that feeling where your heart starts to kind of (laughs) pump blood? And I just became really just, um, I suppose, sad and angry and full of emotion. Immediately, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. And um, the following morning, um, my two little girls, they're, they're age seven and eight, I just kind of showed them a little bit of the video and I just asked them how they felt. And they said that they felt that it wasn't a nice thing to do with the words that they used. So I said well what can we do about it? So we just made three cards um, just saying welcome to Ireland um, Savannah did um, a little card for a little girl and LG did a little card for a little boy and I just did a card myself and we just drove into Navan, into the B&B in question and we just knocked on the door and I said is it okay if we drop in cards? To be honest I didn't know who we were going to meet inside um, I didn't really care, I just knew that there were people that through desperation, had fled their country um, and had come over here. I didn't know what country they were from or anything. Um, And we met the most lovely um, Ukrainian women and children um, who were sitting there with mugs of tea in their hands. And um, I just said, I'm really sorry about what happened last night. And I just want to say to you that you're very welcome to our town um, and to Ireland. And obviously they had someone there that could help translate um and um i just said if there's anything that we can do um we'll do it and i just said by the way we have look an activity center in navan if you ever feel like coming bowling we'll arrange that for you i'm sure you've been through a dreadful um process and journey and 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 that was it and i just came out jerry and i sat in the in the car with the two girls and I just did a little video for my own Facebook, um, and I just said, "Look, guys, this we're, we're better than this. We're, we're better than this in Navan. We're better than this in Ireland. These people, you know, let's welcome them." Mm. And um, and the video ended up going viral. It went your, mad,
1: and I it saw it mad. myself. I saw it immediately. You were connected as well, and I, I, I saw it. And I just thought, "Wow, what a wonderful, wonderful gesture, fair juicy. And look at, I want I want to say something about this here. People, people have concerns and that's okay if you have concerns but listen, yeah. these are women and children who've come here uh, fleeing their home country to a strange land and I- I'm sure they didn't even know what was going on and look, let's call a spade a spade here, Linda for generations going back hundreds of years us Irish have gone to America, to Australia, to Britain especially and begun new lives there, and it wasn't easy. You know what was said about the Irish in London, especially. Absolutely. How the hell can we ever forget that? Do you know what I mean? And this has been stirred up by a minority who, you know what I mean, have their own, you know, agenda or whatever. I understand there are concerns, and those concerns must be alleviated and tended to. I'm not saying that at all. But God Almighty, well done to you. Well done to you. And listen, you're getting a bit of flack, aren't you, because of the offer you made?
3: Ninety nine point five percent of the comments have been unreal, yes. I mean, messages of what can we do? What? Like, I never intended to get myself into this situation. It's just been so positive. The amount of love um, for just, oh, just, just people from Navan, people from me, just reaching out. What can we yes. do? What can we do? One lady dropped in two buggies to them there, and actually they were short of buggies. It's, it's been unbelievable. But about three or four people came on and said, "Oh yeah." are you doing this for the zone? And I was like, oh my God, if that's what you took out of this message, then yeah. please look at it again. Because what I'm actually asking is that protesting is just, it's not cool to use a very normal word. It's just not cool. And I, and I think that there is a bit of, a lot of scaremongering around. Yes. And I just think people, if they just arm themselves with the right information and then decide what they're going to do, but to just go and stand outside a B&B, it was absolutely tragic to see people holding our beautiful Irish flag in their arms shouting out. Yeah. That, th- there should even be something about not being allowed to do that. Do mm. you know what I mean? It just it felt so wrong. Mm. I just got really upset about it all. I like, Really, like, I, we're just all people. We're all human beings. Can we not just try and work together, live together? You know, like, Jerry, there's just something even with our business that I've always said to people. Um, without people from different countries coming into Ireland all those years ago, we're 15 years open. I don't know if we'd still be around yeah. because there's been a massive support. Um, mm. Everybody, every type of person, every person from every different country has been a massive support. Yeah. Um, and let's continue that. Let's just all live together and work together. And uh, um, I think, though, as you said yourself, when there's a void in information yeah, um, and it's not getting down to people, that they're scared and they feel uneasy. Yes. And then they might see something online that's not true. And because they're uneasy... They tend to maybe believe it, mm. and then that's what happens. It results in a protest, and there was another one yesterday, Jerry, yeah. in Avon. So I mean, it's 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 not nice. It's just it's not nice.
1: not nice, and it's not what we are, and it's not the people we are. And I'll tell you what you should do if you missed it the weekend. I encourage anybody can to read if you can online gene kerrigan's piece his opinion piece in the sunday independent on the back page read it in relation to this and understand what's going on i recommend it highly to you if you didn't see it read it and and take it on board and you're right you know what i mean people are misinformed and should be informed really informed and we're not saying people have a right to protest peacefully but in the right place and at the right time not frightening the life out of people who are afraid of their lives anyway having fled war and as you say people come here to add to our country to enhance our country to work here you know the majority coming they want to work they want to live in peace i'm saying that again that's what people want to do we're all human beings nothing else as an aside just before you go there was somebody else stepped in was it yesterday Were they brought to a sporting event or something
3: Oh, well, there's a there's an amazing lady called Kales Kevney. Yeah. Um, she contacted me on Saturday again. One of about thirty or 40 people that contacted us. But anyway, Kales uh, just went and ran with us. Um, she's been in the B and B a few times. She went and collected some of them yesterday and brought them up to the Meads uh, game in Park Talton. Fantastic. Had them on at half time kicking the ball around the pitch. <laughs> I saw her there this morning. I called the B and B this morning again myself, and she was there with them um, medical forms. You know, just to kind of show them if um, they fill out these, they can apply to go to a doctor. Just. Just little things, yes. you know, just little things to help. Like, as I was standing there this morning, there was a little girl, I'd say she's about two and a half, three, going round in her parents' arms. And I just thought, oh, my God. Like, as you were being put to bed on Friday night, people outside your window were shouting out. That's, that's really where, like, it's that's not all on. Need to know.
1: It's you know I mean? not on. It's not, not what on. we are. We're not that type of people. we got to help. And everybody... God almighty, people I say it again, just want to live at peace of their lives and put a roof over their heads and rear their children and be decent. That's what the majority of people in this world want to do. You are fantastic. Well done to that other lady. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for joining me. I commend you highly, Linda Murray. Thank
3: you so much, Jerry. Thank you Thanks for joining for me on, me on the you. show.
1: Take care now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Late lunch LMFM radio Coming up after 2 We're heading to North Loud, Then Cooley There's something worrying The sheep farmers there Matthew McGreehan Is with us But taking us to Top of the hour at 2 Did you see Eurovision On Friday night uh, The Irish one Well I'll tell you what We have a great song Heading for Liverpool Here it is You may recall last week on Late Lunch, we spoke to David Keane about a dog he lost uh, in North Louth uh, the previous weekend. It wasn't his dog, it belonged to somebody else and he took the dog along with him on treks. Dog gone, but the news is the dog has been found. We hope to have more on that a little later on in the show. But in the aftermath of that, we were contacted by a number of people from North Louth who have sheep there uh, to point out that, you know, dogs uh, shouldn't be on. Off the leash or people shouldn't be in certain areas when they're visiting carlingford north loud joining me on the line is a member of the ifa's rural development committee and a farmer himself matthew McGrehan. hello again matthew hello
4: Joey.
1: how are you i'm good thanks for joining me on the show today you're familiar with the story anyway as i said the dog has been found but uh, and there are a number of bots here what do you have to say about you know the circumstances of that particular case and in general dogs in the area
4: well, this particular case and this story has happened over and over again, the same story, you know. In that particular case, uh, the dog was taken to the mountain and wasn't kept under control. And it is it is against the law to not to keep your dog under effectual control. That dog was lost for a week, you know. That's mm. just, by the way, about that case, that's the long and short of it. That dog was lost for a week. And uh, I did contact the owner, to, or the, the, the person who was in charge of the dog, uh, to tell them that we were discussed at what happened, you know, and that was just putting it mildly, you know, that the shareholders were discussed at, and even the joining landowners were discussing what happened, and uh, I couldn't repeat now what, what what he said to me, you know, mm. but but this it just this, this this shouldn't didn't happen last weekend. It's happening every weekend. It's happening during the week. It's happening at night. Every everything, you know, the, um, the shareholders on the Cooley Mountains. Do not give permission, Jerry, for hill walkers to bring dogs on the mountain. Okay, we have signs up, but our wishes uh, aren't we abided, abided by. We have to we're subject to abuse and, and verbal threats if we say anything to them, you know, mm. which is very hard to take, very, very hard to take on our own land. So, just explain,
1: Matthew. The mountains. There's a, there's a shareholding group that own.
4: Yeah, yeah. The ground. It's as simple as that. Well, uh, uh, Jerry, I'll. I'll just tell you, Jerry. Every inch of the Cooley Mountains is accounted for. Okay. Some sections of the Cooley Mountains are privately owned. Right. Right. I like got up at Irish Grange. I own twelve acres myself, and, and on two other common, I'm a shareholder on them. Some some townlands you could have uh, uh, maybe eight shareholders. Some townlands you got a four shareholders. Yes. So it just varies from the title. And just a bit of a history lesson, Jerry. Like people, people think that this is public land and that's what your man said to me last week in the text. It's public land, none of my business, right?
0: Mm.
4: Uh, you can do what they want basically. He didn't say that, but basically that was it. You know. So <clears throat> number one, it's not public land. And it's a it's a slap in the face, Jerry, for the farmers and the shareholders there that have cooperated with the local authorities down through the years in, in letting walks go on the land and, you know, trying to improve the area for for everyone, you know? Yeah. Uh, like And basically people don't have much of a problem with that. You know, for example, I was on the mountain, Son, the hunting knock meows on the mountain, and I met a fella there, and we chatted for a while. He was living in New a dairy man. We spoke for 20, 30 seconds, and we beat each other at the of day, and we went ahead, and everyone was happy. You know what I mean? I thanked him for not bringing us dog, by the way, you know? Yes. But like, uh, you know, that's the situation with the mountains. And like, we, like, it, it's a slap in the face too. When you think back, the, the generations have begun before us that the struggles they had to keep to that, to, to hold on to their land. Mm. And like, as I said, I was going to give you a bit, a short bit of a history lesson. Like, we had to pay, we had to pay rent to the to the English landlord for for, for all our land, in, 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 including the mountain. And then when the Irish Land Commission was set up. Loans were given out, right, which our ancestors took out. Loans and paid back initially. They had to pay back uh, annuities to the, which went to the crown. And then when the treaty came in, and in 1932, the government said they weren't paying back the annuities to the to the to the English anymore. They were going, but. But that didn't mean the farmers hadn't to pay them back. The farmers still paid the free state the annuities yes. until every penny was, was paid out. Now, most of them people are dead and gone now. But it's not that long ago when we'd hear stories about the rates that had to be paid and the annuities, and they had to be paid on the, on, on, before or on the day and not the day after, you know, yes. not a day later. Yes. And, and people were so proud when that damn annuities paid off, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is really, uh, people need to be educated that it's not public land. There, there is uh, walks there that we have cooperated, as I say, with with the local authorities and Lido you know, and everything else, and uh, and get, you're like, happy to do that. You're happy to well, cooperate. Nothing. Yes, and so you know, it's, the mountain is there for, yes. uh yeah. for us all. Yeah. But if there's a bit of mutual respect, you know. Yeah, you know, but it's, dogs is all that it takes. Yes, and we do not, we do not want the dogs on the mountain, okay. whether on lead, whether on lead or not. Because Joey, nine times out of ten, but people take the dogs on the mountain to let them off the lead. Yeah, I'd say ten times out of ten now. You know, uh, like a farmer, we have a cool sheep breed of uh, WhatsApp group. A farmer texted, he counted eight dogs on the mountain out right there in California Now it's got out of control totally in Carniford. Some pockets are just not too bad. Yeah, Raven's tail is not great either, you know. Mm.
0: But,
1: but then, then, saying... then,
4: Later on, then another farmer, to two dogs, uh, fell fella on the mountain, you know. Yeah. And so they, they, you... we, we can cater for people. We, we'll cater for people. We are not cater for their dogs. They, they can walk on the greenway, they can walk on the shore they can walk whatever they like. Yeah. But, Jerry, we, like, and we are getting verbally abused, like, and threats, and then the phone comes out. Like, and there's. I know uh, men now and they're getting elderly and it's only it's only twenty years ago they weren't elderly and the thing was they'd escort these people down off the mountain. You know what I mean? But mm. now they're getting threats. The sort of people that's out there now, they're very nasty. They're very, very nasty. And if Jerry the the, the shareholders, the sheep farmers and the hill walkers are going to coexist in harmony going forward we have our wishes has to be granted yeah. and i'd be calling on all our uh, politicians all our local politicians i'd be calling for from help from from the hill walking groups who are, who are usually very good about this the hill walking groups and from individual hill, hill walkers as well i'd be calling on help from from the uh, the tourism sector in the area. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to come on here and try to say, you know, uh, that the farmers are against walks or anything like that because like, the walks are great for bringing people in. And yeah, no, in no. Local and and, local and that, I too. hear what
1: you're saying. But just come back to this point. I want you to uh, talk about this for a moment. Dogs and sheep you know, don't really mix. And you've seen the outcome because people will say, oh, the dog's friendly, wouldn't touch his sheep, he's a lovely, ab. you know, you hear all this as well. You've seen the upshot of this. Yeah, and
4: people don't believe their dog their dog will do it, you know, and unless they've proof nearly, you know what I mean? Unless, yeah. you know, they just don't believe. and We, 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 we don't know what, um, what or any damage was done last week, you know what I mean? We don't, mm. you don't know what we'll be getting on our yo's down now to scan them in a few weeks. And we don't know what we're going to find when we go up to you know because the mountains a big place and we haven't just checked it all out yet you know yeah but so, I, like that, that like people need to take this seriously I'd be calling on Mountaineer in Ireland who are very good about this very good and we have a very good relationship with Mountaineer in Ireland um, you know I think has nationally and that and even locally I have as well uh, I'd be calling Colin the two at them all like it like even Michael back in two thousand and seven. Or Michael today, Jerry, sorry. <laughs> you're all right, you're all right. I'm not uh, offended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of why I was disappointed last week with him coming on, because Michael has given us a good early mm. on about the dogs, you know. Mm. But uh, back in 2007, the local authority produced a booklet in conjunction with A and the different farm organisations here and loud. And that was one of the things was against the countryside code. Yeah, was not to bring your dogs to the mountain. Mm. But, Michael, there's no law not to bring your dog to the mountain, you see. You see same way, like, <clears throat> if I brought my dog into your house, there mightn't be a law against it. Yes. But you mightn't be too happy with me, you know what I mean? Yes. But, because it's there and it's a smaller place, you can sort of control me, you can bring the yard, get them off my place. But, you know what I mean? But so, the only way we're going to be able to stop uh, the hill walkers to bring the dogs to the mountain, because they won't listen to us anymore, we don't count seemingly, you know what I mean? We just yeah. don't count. Our, well, look, our,
1: our, look, look, Matthew, I, I hear what you're saying. The message is loud and clear. And to be honest with you, I'm a dog owner and I have to say today that I would respect your wishes. I would, there's enough places for me to walk my dog, as you mentioned, other places there yeah. that I can yeah. do it and, and not cause any difficulties for anybody because I've seen the upshot as well. What can happen to sheep when dogs are on the loose and it is horrendous. I'm going to leave it there today. We I'm heard like, you. Jerry, can I just say yeah. one more thing?
4: Like, Like, it we'll say in a perfect world, in an AD world, if everyone did keep them on the leads. Yeah. It still it still would be no good. Because people have to understand, you know, we, we have our sheep hefted on those spots and if a sheep was on a path or whatever and people came with dogs and the sheep wasn't settled right. Maybe Hoggets in the time of the year, in the spring of the year, you know, them sheep could be moved on to a different townland, and they yes. see the dog. They just keep walking. They could go from Glenmore into Carnival. Yes, but definitely, definitely, Jerry. We 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 need the cooperation from all involved. I hear you know, what you are saying. To be a zero, a zero, a zero tolerance on the whole. I, I could talk, Jerry, um, the whole day in this. You know, the whole day in this. This is the fact. Sheep farmers, mental health, everything. Not of the sheep being promised. I think the farmers are more traumatized than the sheep.
1: Yeah, and it is, of course, it's the peak of lambing season on, uh, you know, going on yeah. at the moment at this time. Matthew, I'll leave it there for today. The Thank you for joining me. Sorry, thanks, thanks for letting Not that. at all. Take Get care on. of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 That's Matthew McGreehan. He contacted me last week after we had a chat with the uh, the guy looking for the dog, David Keane. And as I said, we may have David with us. We're hoping to a little bit later on the show because the dog actually has been found. It's time
0: for our Two on Tuesday.
5: Two on Tuesday.
0: Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one.
5: But we were so close. i thought love be number one, one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday.
1: Two, two, one a Tuesday. Yes, yeah, time for your Two and Tuesday. And today it's brought to us by Mr. Brian Adams, one of my all-time favourite performers for sure. And the interesting thing about this song is that it came from his first Greatest Hits compilation album It's called So Far So Good Released in 1993 But bit unusual that the song Appeared there first and then went into the charts Normally they're from uh, uh, Standalone albums and not a greatest hit But this one actually was Did well in America too Was number one in Australia But only made it to two in the UK It's Mr Brian Adams with Please forgive me
4: Still feels like First night together Feels like the first kiss And it's getting better Stronger, give me if I can't stop loving you. Now I, I don't know what
0: I do. Please forgive me. I can't stop loving you. Can't stop loving
1: you. You just got it fade to the end. Haven't you have to let it
6: yet?
1: It's Mr Brian Adams, our two on Tuesday, and when you're talking about a love that bugs you, well that's the right song, isn't it? Please forgive me, I know not what I do. Probably sums it up just nicely. Didn't really realise that. (laughs) Tied in uh, with our competition this week on Late Lunch. So, that's your two on Tuesday and we always let you hear some or all of the number one. So, what kept it off the number one spot back then? Well, when I tell you the song that did was this artist's only number one in the USA and UK. It was the best-selling song of 1993 in the UK. It runs to 7 minutes 52 seconds and it spent seven weeks at number one. Yes, the number one, keeping Brian off top spot. It was Mr Meatloaf.
5: I would do anything for love I'll never lie to you and that's a fact There'll
2: never be no turning back But
6: I'll never do it better than I knew it with you so long
1: Yes, the number one that prevented Mr. Brian Adams reaching number one on the charts. Yes, it's Meatloaf and Anything for Love. Well, Louise Walsh, what do you think? Seven weeks at number one, that one was. Huge, biggest song of the year. Yeah, it was. Yeah it was the one wasn't it Yeah. do we agree on that, that
0: I do like um, Brian Adams but I think I got the three o'clock slump early after listening to <laughs> a bit slow wasn't Please it for this time of the day Yeah,
1: I agree with you Adams is much more lively stuff for sure and I'm a Brian Adams fan I have to say but I think yes it was the right call there seven weeks it was a massive massive number one for him we're talking about love that bugs you this week on late launch yes we know you love them but everybody has something about their partner husband wife that bugs them or, I work, do. Colleague. or work colleague or I, I forgot that as well or work colleague too why do you adjust those headset on you three times <laughs> does that bug you <laughs> no but it's only you drew to my attention last no. week and i watched you there i watched you and counted you did it three times
0: i did yeah i had to put my headset on three times
1: You're like Nadal,
0: you're like Nadal
1: (laughs) serving the ball. Do you ever see him touching his nose, touching his ear, Raph Nadal, bouncing the ball so many times, touching it again, all those things? Well, I have to say, look, sure, I live with someone, I probably drive her absolutely mad, but uh, she drives me mad too. It's a sort of a pro quid pro quo, we have to say. But the best has to be, the best has to be. I must post a picture of it this evening to show people. I've showed it to you. I think I might have mentioned it before. I don't know why she takes the tub, be it of flora. We love Bertoli. I love Bertoli. Uh, to be honest, you spread on, on uh, bread and whatever you're having yourself. Um, but you go into her house and the tub, as it nears its end, it's turned upside down. <laughs> she turns the Bertoli over on its lid or the flora. And
0: <laughs> why?
1: well in the name of jesus if i could find out why i'd be a very happy man and i go and i turn it back upright i have to do that every time
0: maybe it's to remind her to buy more
1: maybe i do do the shopping
0: (laughs) maybe it's to remind you to buy more
1: (laughs) i do the shopping
0: Um, I think that's brilliant. uh,
1: Does she honestly think that the floor is going to take legs and melt? You know, when you have a bottle. Now, I understand with a Mm. bottle of sauce, when you turn a bottle of sauce, you know, look, I'm doing it there with the water, lid down Mm. and you get Get the the end of it. it. Jesus, come on. Excuse Mm. the language. I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to say that. But my God, uh, uh, you know, um, (laughs) the flora of the spread ain't going to head for the lid. (laughs) No, that's just one. That's one. Isn't that a crazy one, isn't it? I just think that's a yeah. I think I asked her before and she just put her nose up and walked away.
0: <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I
1: think it's just to annoy me, to be honest with you. Anyway. It's what... where
0: it works, though. <laughs> it does work because it
1: annoys <laughs> the hell out of me. Haven't I little to be annoyed about, to be honest with you. Is a... I know something you do and it has to annoy the people that yes. live with you. Can I say it? Yes. No? Louise is a great woman for humming away to ourselves I'm always humming you're a hummer aren't you I am do and
3: you you're very lucky because you know <laughs> before see, Covid yeah. when we used to be in the office all together oh my god
6: you used to really kind
0: of yeah yeah, yeah. But, your teeth. But
1: I'd does be it, humming away does it annoy- I wouldn't
0: even an- yeah I, I'd i go around Tesco humming to myself
1: but tell and me I wouldn't cop on at home does it annoy people yes oh annoys right, okay. the heck out of Yeah, old, me Louise is a hummer she hums she does hum I know she does she definitely does but, uh, but I don't
0: realise I'm humming <laughs> no
1: it, it's it it's beknownst to you as they say anyway we're looking for you to tell us something that bugs you about your nearest and dearest loved one let us know 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text WhatsApp voice or would do a little voice message would be great today I'm giving away an overnight stay for two people in the newly decorated bedrooms with a full Irish breakfast at the lovely Glenside Hotel get cracking and we'll be ringing one of you shortly up next on late lunch we're going to meet a meath based author and she's going places she's writing books for young adults my next guest lives in County Meath and she really is making waves when it comes to writing for young adults. Her previous books, The Eye of the North, *Skyborn*, The Starspun Web and The Raven's Call. Her new one is out. I have it beside me here. It's called The Time Tider. And when I tell you, it's been named Sunday Times Children's Book of the Week this week. I'm delighted to say hello to Sinead O'Hart. Hello, Sinead.
6: Hello Jerry. how are you? Thanks very much for having me on your show.
1: Not Thanks at all. You. Delighted to have you with us and congratulations on the Sunday Times nomination.
6: Thanks very much. Yeah, that was a nice surprise. Yeah, it's lovely to be getting, you know, get recognition like that from a paper. It's, it's always lovely, so it was a nice surprise indeed.
1: Now, young adult writing and this particular genre you aim at, where did that begin or how did that come about that you're in this particular niche?
6: Um well <clears throat> it's funny because people often ask me that question and I just say it's how my brain works I don't really have any more sophisticated answer than that I just have always loved um children's books I mean I write for children kind of from 8 plus you know can 8 to 12 years of a reader would be my ideal sort of sweet spot for for my audience it's just when I think of a story or when I when I'm attracted to write about a story or when I, you know any, even the books I love to read myself that would they would be for that age group and my my ideas about stories always kind of have the same Sense of adventure, and friendship, and loyalty, and you know, uh, uh, courage, and you know, maybe there's myst- myst- you know mysterious, uh, myst- mystical creatures, or you know, quests, that kind of thing, and and uh, they always kind of seem to fit neatly into the into that age group. It's just what I love, I suppose, and it's how it's how my brain processes <laughs> stories, I suppose.
1: Yeah, so it, yeah. you know, you that that is you, and this is you, and this is what you do. This new book has been really well received, but it's a very interesting concept because you're playing with the concept. Of time. And you ask many questions around that. And I was fascinated by it myself, because, you know, we all have a certain amount of time in this life. But you're alluding to the fact that if a person dies early, you know, maybe before their time, what happens, you know, the allotment time, the allotment of time they may have expected to have in this human life? It's very, very interesting. (laughs)
6: Yes, yeah, a bit of a strange one, all right. I think half of, the, half of the idea kind of came from the idea that we have so many, not not so much puns even, but even the, the way you've said it there and in the book it's mentioned as well, the, the, the saying we have, a person died before their time, you know, and mm-hmm. you know we have all these kind of time-related sayings and ways of, of you know, ways of talking and that's, I, I mean, I kind of wanted to bring some of them into the story too, but yeah, the story came from, um in in a previous life, I suppose in my previous career I was a medievalist or I was training to be you know, I did a PhD in Oz and Middle English literature a long time ago and uh, one of the things I read for that book or for that PhD rather was a book called um Time, work, and culture in the Middle ages story—it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a medieval history textbook, I suppose. Yeah. And it talks about how ideas about time and ideas about timekeeping began to change in the Middle Ages when we had, you know, mechanized clocks as opposed to just kind of, you know, more natural or more, I suppose, um, unsophisticated maybe ways of telling of telling time. And I just—that's where the idea came from. Like a bolt can kind of hit me in the head, kind of going, you know, I wonder if if there was a gap between these two ways of telling time and it, and, and it kind of opened up and filled up with all the all the lost time or weight wasted time or spare time you know that might have gathered throughout history like what could you do with that could could it could somebody go back and collect it what would they do with it Mm. you know and and all this kind of all that kind of potential for story kind of just sat in my head and it's been there for a very long time I've tried to write this book I think five times this is the fifth attempt (laughs) to get it to work Um, and I never I never worked before but I finally got it to come together in, yeah. in a way that makes sense I suppose you know
1: yeah and it yeah. does and and uh, it is a very thought-provoking uh, and enjoyable work I have to say it's about I don't want to give too much away because I want people to get the book mm-hmm. and read it. it's about Mara and her mm-hmm. dad Gabriel and it's Gabriel who is the man that seems to have this ability with the time that he actually keeps from his daughter even uh, though you know she's becoming more curious as she grows up and of course yeah. they live on the peripheries of society they travel about a lot and then as the book develops of course course she becomes more curious and becomes involved in what he does as well and um, what are you talking you're talking about what eight up the ideal age for eight and beyond to 12 yeah. or so is it yeah
6: i mean that, that that's the age group my books all kind of slotted that. Yeah. I, I suppose you know this might be more kind of for the upper end of that yes maybe, maybe 10 plus perhaps it be, would be a good a good guide but i mean it depends on the child i suppose as well you know and, and how how much, uh, how much they like to read, I guess, and 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 how how strong their their reading abilities are, but that's that's kind of what the the age group would be eight eight to twelve, and um, would be. Would
1: you be, know, when you yeah. talk about children reading, and some children, you know, like they they read phenomenally from a young age. As opposed with reading, yeah. it's not alone about reading; it's digesting what the story is and understanding. That is the thing, isn't it? That's your that's it. work. comprehension. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And 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 in this book, that's something that you know what I mean will will certainly uh, come to the fore and be needed to to, to understand what's happening in it. Um, I, I was just looking at how it, again I come back to how it's been received, the Sunday Times thing, reviews, etc. It is really really positive. Tell us a little bit about you. You live in County Meath, but you come from uh, the southeast.
6: I come from Fairway, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Wexford woman, uh, born in raised. Yeah, um, but I've been living in Meath for about fourteen years, and I have my my young child at school here, and we have a a nice life here in kind of the the borderlands between Meath and Kildare Um, but we're just over the border into Meath Um, and uh, I get home to Wexford as often as I can or not as often as I'd like to but as often as I'm able to Um, and uh, yeah as well as the books I also am a co-host of a a children's literature podcast um, called Story Shaped where we talk to authors and illustrators about the stories that shaped their lives and their work um, and so yeah between the books and the podcast and the parenting <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm kept very busy but uh, but it's a, it's a grand little grand life I have yeah your podcast yeah. Story Shaped with Susan Cahill, uh Susan works Cahill, with you on I, that yeah fellow author yeah. Uh, as well you say your house is stuffed with books I, I was reading the Q&A which <laughs> I was laughing my house is stuffed with books wall to wall and I, you mentioned there where you live in Ireland it rains more than you'd think possible well you're <laughs> so right there young woman <laughs> indeed although it's a lovely
6: day today thank God Remember. yeah yeah, yeah you No, know, we've we've books everywhere, and it, it, it's kind of funny. My little girl said to her her teacher the other day that she lives in a library, and the teacher was laughing. You know, it's true. You know, we we you know we've I've we've I've collected, book, collected books all my life. They're kind of like a. A comfort object for me, but because I, I love them so much. But my husband also, you know, he he would collect books as well. And so between the two of us, when we got married, we had you know <laughs> we had a substantial collection. And um, we've we've bookshelves everywhere. I mean, we tried to kind of keep our our little girl surrounded by by books and stories because it's mm-hmm. a good it's a good way to be brought up. Um, you know, and we're we're blessed we can do that. So.
1: Ah uh, yeah, yeah. books—the most educational thing you can have. Teach them to read, teach them to enjoy them, and it really does set them fair for life. Uh, interesting, you have a PhD in Old and Middle English Language and Literature. My oh my!
6: That's, it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, I just had a previous life. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a, uh, that was what it is. Yeah, um, like I always wanted to be an author. Really, that was kind of what my overall sort of dream for my life was. But you know yourself when you're when you're coming up, you don't always believe that you can do these things. You know, you don't always kind of believe who'd want to listen to the ramblings of a young one from Wexford, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I had, the other the other dream I had was to become an academic and sure, as I <clears throat> have said to other people as well, I, I came out with a PhD in kind of 2006, 2007, you know, when we were in the middle of a, uh, a terrible recession, so um, the the jobs were thin on the ground, you know, there wouldn't be plentiful anyway, but there weren't. There weren't wasn't anything really going at the time, um, and so I just had to kind of sort of find work where I could, and, and then I met my husband, and we, we. my life went down a different track completely, but, mm. you know, my, my I do still have the love for the medieval literature and the medieval language, well, you know, the, the Middle English and Old English that I studied, very rusty now, I have to be honest, but yeah <laughs> um but at the time, you know, it would have been it would have been my, my other great passion in life and to look and I'm delighted I have achieved a PhD like it was a dream, you know, yes. for for not it, easy.
1: It's, it's not easy. Yeah, it's A lot of work. Going. A lot of work in it. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, do you know what I feel about this book? The time Tider, when I see the reaction to it as well. Just want to let listeners know that uh, previously the star-spun web uh, was shortlisted for the KPMG Children's Books Ireland Awards in 2020. I think this one's going to be in the reckoning. May I say?
6: <laughs> Please God. <laughs> As I say, from from your lips to God's ears, Jerry, Please, God, it'd uh, be lovely, but I, I'd love to have the. Uh uh, short, shortlisted again That was it's a brilliant award um, at yeah. CBI a fantastic organisation that do massive amount of work up and down the country uh, they're fantastic um, anyone who has any interest in children's literature should really or children's books should give them give them a little give them, you know join them and, and become a member and you know and support their work they, they do great work
1: mm. yeah. and, and you know th- this one is out at the moment and we'll tell them where they can get in a moment I, I take it I ask most authors this anyway I presume there's plans afoot for the next Book.
6: There is well I mean I have another book um uh, sort of almost ready to sort of go to edits now. Um right. I can't say anything about it because you know the way yes. yourself these things are under embargo until a particular time. But yeah, no, I if if you're happy or if you've enjoyed my previous books, you'll be happy to know hopefully that there's more more to come. Um and I'm really I'm really gla- really glad and really lucky to be doing this wonderful job that I've always dreamt of doing and never thought I was Ever going to achieve, uh, so I'm I'm delighted to be able to say that. Mm. Yeah, but there's more books on the way.
1: Do you feel that, like, as you move on with 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 the books you publish and and write, that you get better, or is, you know what I'm getting at? Do you feel when you when yeah. you look back to your early efforts and you see where you are today, can you see where you've progressed and what you've learned and understand?
6: Yeah, definitely for sure, and I think well, another thing that really gets easier with time, I suppose, or, you know, at least you're used to it, is the process of kind of being edited, you know, and, and how mm. it's not as it's not as difficult, it's not as soul wrenching, I suppose, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's it can be it can be a pretty pretty emotional experience, you know, to to have the work that you've made sort of you know pulled apart, um, but you have to learn to sort of stand back and so sort of say it's, it's not me that's being that's being criticised here, it's it's the work and they're trying to improve it, you know what I mean? It took yeah. me a long time to kind of get myself out of that mind frame of feeling personally upset (laughs) by it, which is a bit silly, but it's just the way I thought, you know. But now now when I'm being edited by uh, my editor and editors are the best, I absolutely think they're geniuses, all of them. Um, you know, it's it's much it's a much easier process and it's a much more exciting process. You know, to sort of see right where can we where can we start now to make the book better and you know when where where are we going to sort of go with this idea or that idea? You know, and um, I just I, I love the process now. It's much easier than it was, mm. and certainly yeah, I think if, I mean I, I still love my my first book, Diary of the North, was a another one that I had in my head and in my heart for a very long time, and, and it and it was a story that I told from you know from very deep place inside myself and I'm still proud of it but yes I, I would look back on it now and go yeah I could have I could have changed this or I could have fixed that or I could have tightened it up here or you know what I mean it's probably a bit you know but I still love it and I still think it's I'm very proud of it and uh, um, it's a really good book and I hope if you pick up my latest one you might look back over the previous ones and mm-hmm. and uh, just for yourself whether I've improved or not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, you know,
1: I, I hear what you're saying as well because even in this game that I'm involved in, editing is a big thing yes. uh, when you do a documentary or pre-record. And I remember back often thinking, my God, I'd be nearly insulted if somebody, you know, took something out or didn't. <laughs> but, you know, you do learn that uh, tighter is much, much better indeed and that people casting another iron ear in it is uh, definitely so important. How do you write? What What's your modus operandi? Do you just go at something full tilt are you spasmodic during the day how do you work
6: that's a really good question yeah well i mean i i have as i said a small child so I, I kind of work when when i have time basically when when school is on um but in terms of how you'd approach a book it depends i suppose on whether you've contracted for it or not so if it's if you're under if you're under deadline you, you know obviously that that's a great motivator and an impetus to get the work done but one of the books i've written and you know recently i didn't have a deadline for it it was just a book that was I wanted to tell, basically, you know, I wanted to write, and that was a—I don't know—it just was a a lovely, freeing experience. I haven't had that experience since I wrote my first one because, you know, your first book you can take all your life to write, and then when when you have your deadlines, you have to—you have to, you know—bring in the work by by X date. So it was nice to have a space, I suppose, to write a story that there was nobody was waiting for. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and uh, uh, you know, but I I suppose you have to have a, a certain amount of. I don't know, like motivation or you know, self kind of self discipline maybe in a way, like to get yourself to sit down at your desk and, and actually do the work. But then it helps because I love it so much. Um it isn't it isn't an effort for me, it's a work. It's not, not to say that it's easy because it's it's very hard work sometimes to write a book and it can be it can be very emotionally and physically and <laughs> and mentally taxing and draining, but I do I love stories and I love telling stories and it's a huge privilege to be able to tell stories that people want to read, you know, so I, I never have an issue putting myself at the desk <laughs> sometimes yes. when, when when the ideas aren't coming. I have learned one thing, which is if you're trying to write something and it's just literally not, not, not working, I mean, it happened to me with my previous book, Skyborne, I, I got stuck about 40,000 words in and no matter what I did, what way I tried to get around the blockage, it just was not working and I wasted about six or eight weeks of literally trying to bash my way through a plot problem until I realised my brain was telling me you've gone down the wrong road and you're making a mistake and there's nothing you can do with going to fix this. You have to go right back to the start and that's what I had to do. I had to literally throw the whole draft out and start from word zero again. Um and it and it worked better that time yes. around. You know, but when I had to but I had to come to that realisation very painfully. <laughs> it took it took a long time. So sometimes when you're you know, when your brain is when you're literally frozen or stuck, it isn't you being lazy or unmotivated or untalented. It's literally your brain saying you've made a mistake. Let's work our way back and find where the last good place was and continue from that point on. You know, mm. and it can be hard to it can be hard to yes. find that spot. But when you do, hopefully, you're away on a hack again. <laughs> you know. Well,
1: I can yeah. say you found that spot with the time tied up for sure. Where is it available?
6: <laughs> it's available um, nationwide. Uh, any good bookshop and would have it. I. Uh, I have the launch for it was in a place called Halfway Up The Stairs Bookshop in Greystones in County Wicklow so there are signed copies there Um if people want to order through them there should be some signed stock but if you're looking just for a book uh, anywhere um, any bookshop you like any of your, your local bookshop or your favourite bookshop or yeah. um, your usual online retailer um, should, should have it Lovely
1: um, so uh, I really, really like it 10, 11, 12, 13 in my book Is The Ideal Age, The Time Tider It's by Sinead O'Hart Watch this space for this woman She really <laughs> is going places I wish you well and thank you for joining me today Thank you very much Jerry. thanks for being Take me. care of yourself, bye bye Rosie, good afternoon to you Hello Jerry. how are you? I'm really good What bugs you about your love, Rosie for a start, no, I'll be shot for
3: saying this, <laughs> if he finds out. I hope he's not listening. Uh, he does sit on my side of the bed to cut his toenails. Oh,
6: oh no, oh, Rosie, no! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And are you in the bed? Uh, no, I don't know about it. As I go
3: to bed, <laughs> oh. have a shower, flood in, go to get into bed, and I do these things just as I get into the bed.
6: If he leaves things on my face, so uh, <laughs> were toenails, and they definitely
1: weren't mine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my God! There's people at the minute having their cup of tea, and they're just <laughs> gagging at the minute. So he does this, beknownst to you, cut the toenails, leaves the the, the nails that he's cut on the bed for you to. No, no, no! They're not on the bed; on the floor. On the floor. On the yes. floor. Yeah. So you walk in after your shower, you could put your foot into them and maybe pick them up on the soles of your feet yeah. if you didn't yes. cop them.
3: No, you wouldn't see them. And he denies it.
1: And uh, you've challenged him, Rosie, have you? You've said to him, I have. hey I boy, have. come on, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, you no, think,
3: it, you think, no, he says, that's not him, it could be uh, my son,
6: or it could be... <laughs> So here's the thing, Rosie. Why didn't he
1: even have the decency to go to the other side of the bed on his own side and cut them?
3: Probably because the nail clippers in the locker, my
1: side. I see. I see I, t- I think that I'm, a,
6: I'm making excuses for him. Oh
1: yeah yeah. There's no excuses for him at all There's none at all uh, Whoever you are Stop that immediately Don't do it anymore Anyway Rosie You're a great sport The cutting of the nails And leaving them on the floor <laughs> It bugs you about them Well there you go You're the winner today You've won an overnight stay For two In the lovely Glenside Hotel Refurbished rooms With Irish breakfast The next morning And listen don't bring them nail clippers with you. Are you listening? Oh,
6: definitely not. Listen, thank you very,
1: very much. You're welcome. Thank you. thank you so much. You've been a great sport. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have you something about your love that bugs you? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Heading to three o'clock at late lunch in the company of Bon Jovi. Living on a prayer. Kneeling in the toenails. Going along to see Mike Denver and guests at the TLT this Friday. it would be a great show. Brendan shines there. Philomena Begley as well, the Queen of Country. Uh, Brenda Tully and Melanie Nolan, well done to both of you. I have a pair of tickets each for you to go to that show. We'll make the arrangements. And thanks to everybody who was in touch. Time for this on Late Lunch.
5: Five, four, three, two. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today, it's...
1: Yes, we're going back to this week in 1979 and the number four, because we're on Tuesday, these short weeks, the five misses out. The five back then was Don't Cry For Me Argentina by The Shadows. It was, uh, of course, a guitar uh, version of the original song, but at number four and this week in 1979 was a fantastic song. I uh, have Sad to say, I remember it well, but it was. It's a former number one. It had been number one in the UK charts, but to drop down to number four this particular week let's have a listen to Mr. Ian Jury
4: In the deserts of Sudan and the gardens of Japan, from Milan to Yucatan, every woman,
2: every man, hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me, hit me, je ich liebe dich. Hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me slowly, hit me quick, hit me.
1: Injury Jury and the Blockheads, hit me with your rhythm stick. Number four on the charts this week, back in 1979. What a song, Jerry says a listener. Should have been number one. It was number one. I'll tell you the little story behind it. It was stuck at number two in the charts for a number of weeks, behind the Village People's YMCA, no surprise, But uh, after being a couple of weeks at number two, on the 27th of January, 79, it went to number one. And Jury actually at that stage was away on holidays. They brought him a bottle of champagne. I think he was in France at the time. Uh, But it's featured widely since its release on the likes of Doctor Who, the film adaptation of the TV series Porridge as well, and on TV ads as well. Actually the record company this another little vignette about it said that when it reached the 1 million mark they'd stop selling the single they said and they would give a very special gift to the person that Ordered or bought the million copy of the single. It actually was to the dealer that ordered the million copy. But it just fell short of a million. It sold 979,000 copies during that original chart run. And it wasn't then until downloads started after 2004 that it became a million seller quite quickly at that stage I don't think the pledge uh, to give the uh, gift was actually followed up at that stage but that's uh, the little story behind Ian Jury and the Blockheads hit me with your rhythm stick number four on our top five countdown this Tuesday afternoon yes David Keane rejoins me on late launch all's well that ends well the Springer Spaniel has been found David Keane afternoon
5: Hi uh, Jerry. how are you? You're a happy man. I'm over the moon. Yeah, we got the results we were after, Jerry. I've got Sophie sitting here beside me, and the back of the van. We're just out of the vet,
1: and she's fine and all good
5: health-wise. Yeah, other than an upset tummy, uh, Sophie's absolutely grand. There wasn't a scratch on her when we got her. Like she was up, she was up in the hills for seven full uh, days and nights, Jerry. So, uh, she's done brilliant. How or who found her? Or what's the story? So Sophie was found Sophie must have heard the search party was about to begin because she came down about 40 minutes before we were at the start and she was found in a country lane on the Omid side at the top of the lane which, like that lane connects onto the mountains. so the man who found her um, was driving the lane and the car in front of him had jammed on Sophie had nearly been smacked and uh, so the car ahead of this man swerved out around the way And this man who found her, his name's Marcus. Marcus recognised Sophie straight away because Marcus's wife had seen the post and shared the post. So um, it was brilliant. So his wife had my contact details at hand. So I was actually, I had just gotten to the car park where the search party was all meeting. It was about quarter past nine. Jackie had just pulled into the car park. I was greeting a few people and starting to uh, split the group up into... The smaller group, sorry, Sophie's just jumping out of the van here. And um, and I got the call off Marcus's wife. Obviously, I was ecstatic straight away. So Marcus then gave me a video call just so we could confirm that, yes, it was Sophie. And so me and Jackie uh, jumped in the van and went down and got her. We were over the moon. We couldn't believe it. Like, Sophie was ecstatic to see us. But there wasn't a mark on her. She um, She's clearly taken a page out of my solo hiking book. And she's one up to me for sure, because she's spent seven nights up there on her own. The longest I've done is five.
1: And uh, you're the surrogate dad. The mammy, I take it, is very happy too.
5: Oh, absolutely. Jackie's here beside me. Um, Does she want a word with me? Do you want to put her on there for a second? I I won't put Jackie on the spot. She's actually having a conversation. All right, that's uh, okay. Um, No, Jackie's absolutely over the moon, obviously. I mean, Jackie's seen the effort that was put into uh, finding Sophie, so yeah over the moon Uh, we got the results we were after
1: and so you didn't have to go ahead as you were saying you were planning to comb the area that didn't happen at all just timing was perfect really Uh,
5: you you couldn't have wrote it Um, yeah so everybody had arrived and obviously when I got back to the car park we got back to a round of applause but I had dragged so many people up to Carlingford for for a day up in the hills that we still did go ahead with a hike it was lovely to get to meet everybody who 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 was there to to help us out? You know, mm.
1: you won't be letting her off the lead. I take it you'll be uh, more careful in future.
5: <laughs> oh well, I'll be buying her a GPS tracker. That's for sure. Before we hit the hills again, yeah,
1: yeah, because it just so it shows you so how it can happen so easy that they abscond.
5: in the blink of an eye. It happened. Yeah, and then, well, it was just that we were up in the clouds, so you know, obviously that made it a lot more difficult to find her, and it was a very windy day. We got the result, but I just want to take a moment to thank everybody in the communities up around there, um, the guards in Carling for guard of station Sergeant John and Laura, who was there on the Sunday. They were extremely helpful all week, and everybody in the surrounding communities and in the, in the, you know, the backside of the mountain in those hard to reach places. Uh, everybody shared Sophie's story, and that's how we got her home because of those people who clicked share. Uh, so we couldn't be more grateful for everybody who played a part in this, and um, and everybody who showed up on Sunday. Like we're just deeply, deeply grateful to everybody.
1: David, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Just wanted to conclude the story and mine Sophie going forward. Thank you very much. Good luck to yourself and Jackie. Legend
5: thank you very much take and care I'll yourself
1: bye 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 that's David uh, Keane there we will remind you that we spoke to Matthew McGreehan earlier on the show a sheep farmer who made it very clear to us that walkers are welcome but dogs they really don't want to see on the mountains whether on a leash or off a leash as well I just want to make that point there but delighted the dog has been found and returned to its owner it's a good news story for sure Louise I, I played the Eurovision song Wild Youth We Are One a little mm-hmm. earlier on, on on the show, you didn't see the contest, did you? On Friday I night, didn't, no. No, and I have to admit, I didn't see all of it. I saw, I, I got in a little bit later, and I saw three of the songs, and then I saw the resume of the others. But I just want to say that I, uh, I really believe we have a good song. Yeah, this year.
0: yeah, it's it's great. Even from the first, that was the first time I've heard it. But I yes. say it'll grow on you even more.
1: I think it will. We just hope, if you remember our Ken, Ken O'Sullivan was at mm. the contest on Friday and he did mark our card on late lunch last Friday to say the difficulty will be to get out of the semi-final.
0: Because of who we're against.
1: Yes, against, because it's only the countries in the semi-final that vote. And we don't, you know what I mean? When you look at the lineup of countries, mm. Ken was worried. He thought, no matter what song we send, we're, we're really gotched when it comes to getting out of the semi. But who knows if people listen to the song, perhaps... If it gets to the final, I think the song, because, you know, with all that's going on in Europe at the moment, the theme of it, yeah, we one. It's are really, good, really good. It's yeah. a real good the anthem. Front. Yeah, it's a strong song, mm-hmm. sung really well. Needs a little tweaking, I suppose. You know, mm. but apart from that, it's so. a good one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's. I, yeah. I think we've a we good song. Get,
0: if we don't get through this time, we just may bring uh, back Johnny Logan next. Ah, uh,
1: stuff! Twenty-seven years since we won it. What did Ken tell us? It's years and years since we got out of the semi-final. Even eight, nine, ten years mm-hmm. since we got out of the semi-final into the final itself, and us, the kings and queens of Eurovision, with all our wins. Do many
3: s- of us watch it anymore?
1: I still think it's something. I do. Mm-hmm. I know people say, you know. Uh, I watch the results. Yeah, but if we win it, sure, everyone will have been watching. It. Oh yes, I was, and so proud. And we had parties, <laughs> and we celebrated, and isn't it great, and all that type of thing. So you know yourself the way they go on. But anyway, we wish Wild Youth all the very best. We are one. It's a really strong one. I say again, and I hope that they get to the final. That's the first hope that they make it out of the semi-final in April in Liverpool. It's in Liverpool this year as well. So it's uh, right. On our doorstep. Is that my phone? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) It's wild you. It's wild you just sending me a message there. Sending you an invite to Liverpool. (laughs) Who knows? Stranger things have happened in this life. Let me remind you, uh, tomorrow's late lunch. Tommy Fleming is in the house tomorrow with me. And he's going to do something he never did before here. He's going to sing live in studio mm. with me here tomorrow afternoon, Tommy. He's popping in for a chat. God, has been a while since we spoke. And our doc, Dr Kate McCann is with us on a very topical subject too. Do, don't forget, it's Love Bug Week on Late Lunch. What bugs you about your love? Let us know. Think about it overnight. And I have another great prize from the Glenside Hotel to give away on the show tomorrow afternoon. All you have to do is tell us your story. We had the toenails today. Ah, I don't think I can drink a cup of coffee after the show thinking of the toenails left on the floor. Anyway, well done to you, Rosie. Eddie Caffrey's next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us, but we're leaving you today in the company of a wonderful man. Yes, what a weekend he had at the Grammys. Top of the Pops, best album of the year, coming to slaying this year. It's Mr Harry Styles saying goodbye to you on late lunch this Tuesday afternoon. See you tomorrow.
4: Things haven't been quite the same There's a haze on the horizon, babe.